0: Our reading this day, instead, comes to us from the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, uh, using a translation of the Bible known as the Message. So let us listen now to God's holy word. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt and all other parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? Friends, this is the word of the Lord. You know, you have to hand it to the disciples. Really, you do. They always keep us on our toes. Just last week in our reading, we find them heading back to Jerusalem after looking up towards heaven and the angels there or the men in dazzling white clothes telling them, why are you looking up towards heaven? You're not supposed to look up towards heaven. Jesus gave you the task of being Christ's hands and feet here. So go back to Jerusalem to begin your work. We hear that last week, but we find them tucked away still. (laughs) Gotta love them. But this time, though, the disciples aren't alone. It's not just this small band of disciples. They're actually with a group of at least 120 other people, as it says in the previous chapter of Acts. But this group who has gathered with Jesus' disciples in this place, they all speak the same language. They all share a similar culture. They might look similar to one another as well. But Jesus asks them to spread the good news, not only to their small cultural and ethnic bubble, but to the ends of the earth. And this is where we find the entrance of the Holy Spirit coming in, blowing like a gust of wind that changed forever the landscape of the disciples' ministry and would continue to change our work today as the people of God. That's, I think, the most miraculous thing about Pentecost. That's a celebration of the gift of God being distributed to all people. All people, not just the ones we like regardless of their age, their gender, their culture, their nationality, their social status, or their birthplace, or whatever things we try to use to keep people from using their gifts, none of that mattered at Pentecost. Even the women who were gathered there received the same gift of the Spirit, which you might not know at that time would have been quite radical. So as much as the disciples might have tried to keep the good news for themselves, it wasn't meant for only them. I think we need this reminder of what Pentecost is, what the gift of Pentecost truly offers us in our world today. We need this reminder in a time where fear seems to drive us, in this time where fear drives our understanding of the world it drives us to think and buy into these theories of replacement of or of somehow other people coming into our group is going to hurt us but in reality we hear this day that that is not the case we need this reminder of pentecost because we need to be reminded that we are called as God's people above all else. No one can replace us because we are already people of God. We are people created with this divine image inside of us. We are people of God who possess the gift of the Holy Spirit that transcends any identity we think is worth more than being called children of God. We should understand that by now, that the Holy Spirit transcends all this. And it will never allow us to erect such barriers made of fear around our hearts, our churches. For our communities. The thing about the Holy Spirit is this, is that it is that constant tap on the shoulder for us. It's that tap on the shoulder for us because we don't always remember that the Holy Spirit changed the fundamental elements of what it means for us to live in community The Holy Spirit pushes us to go beyond what we have come to know, what we expect to be comforting and reassuring, and instead calls us to move into places that are new, filled with new experiences. We see this recurring throughout Scripture. God reached out to Moses from the burning bush, called Moses to leave behind the life he had made for himself and travel off and live in a country that was not his own. God asked Jonah to go and proclaim the good news to the people of Nineveh, whom Jonah really despised because they weren't like him. He didn't think they were worthy of redemption. God asked Mary to take on the task of being the person who would bring to life Emmanuel, God with us. God asked the disciples if they would drop what they were doing and come and follow him. So many times do we see the Spirit of God replacing our fears of replacement with something new, with love, with bravery, with courage, with an understanding that this world is so much more than the little bubbles we try to create for ourselves. It happens, though, and we are allowed to welcome this in, if we allow the Holy Spirit to reign in our hearts. So how do we allow the Holy Spirit to reign in our hearts? How do we let the Spirit of God move us outside to expand our circle of welcome? You know, during a previous call, I had the privilege of attending a changing of command ceremony at a Fort Drum in northern New York. And driving through the gates and showing off my uh, really official military uh, base ID, which I may or may not have still as a souvenir, I was greeted by the 10th Mountain Division's uh, motto and, you know, those really big, bold lettering signs, climb to glory. Climb to glory. Climb to glory. I think it's a fitting motto for us today as we gather this Pentecost Sunday. In the midst of suffering, in the midst of lament, in the midst of everything that is going on. It's words that challenge us. Climb to glory. Let the Holy Spirit power your climb past fears, past our inabilities to accept one another, past our biases and our preconceived notions, past whatever baggage keeps us from loving one another, past our longing to cling to things that we know don't bring life and only suffering. Climb to glory. It is a call for us this Pentecost, as we hear these words, to open our hearts, to use our gifts to climb to glory so that we may end up in a place where we all feel the glory and the welcome the Holy Spirit provides. God didn't call the disciples to go to places they were comfortable, places that they would always enjoy. God didn't call the disciples to be inhospitable to those who weren't like them. God didn't call the disciples to only care about those who fit into their circle. No, God called them to go to the places where God's own heart hurts the most. God called them to go and to be with the widows and the orphans, to go and sit and welcome the stranger who came from a foreign land, not as an alien, but as a child of God. And God called them to be in the places where there is so much hurt and pain that those who live there are either forgotten about or pushed so far off the margins of our radar. So again, how will you let the Holy Spirit take hold of your life today to change this? How will you let the Holy Spirit take your gifts and talents and skills to build something that will outlast all of us? because we followed the Spirit of God's love. Following the Holy Spirit does not mean everything will work out as the way we planned it. I think it's fair to say there will be failures. Just look at Scripture. The New Testament recounts numerous shortcomings of the disciples. It recounts of missionary journeys filled with troubles throughout Asia and Africa and Europe, things didn't always go as expected. We don't get to do everything right, or we will find that not everything goes right in our following of the Holy Spirit as we pursue to expand our hearts. Because following the Spirit is messy. Life is messy. And this thing we call the church is messy. But the beautiful part is that God loves every last bit of what we have to offer. God does not delight in the church's purity. God does not delight in the church's theological purity, its cultural purity, its national purity, the purity of its people. Instead, God delights in our willingness to take risks. Delights in our willingness to take risks and following the Spirit to new places places of welcoming in new experiences, new people, and a new willingness to change how we do things. So this Pentecost season and our striving to be active and faithful followers of Christ, may we embark on this journey of expanding our circle of welcome by knowing that the fears of what the future holds, that our worries about what welcome will look like, will be soothed by the knowledge that there is a community, a family of individuals who are embarking on this journey with us, supporting us, loving us, and encouraging us along the way. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.